Good afternoon, folks. This is Chris Burrows, VP of Government Affairs for TIA, and welcome to Episode 8 of the Advocacy Insights Podcast, recorded exclusively for TIA members. On today's podcast, I have the privilege of being joined by Jeff Tucker, CEO of Tucker Company Worldwide, who's going to share some invaluable insights and work he's done over the past few months on preparation of the distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine. Before we turn it over to Jeff, though, I want to take this opportunity to thank our podcast sponsor, Euler Hermes. Business leaders in the transportation industry are facing a lot of uncertainty right now. Is my company adapting fast enough? Will our customers actually pay us? Which pajamas should I wear to my conference call tomorrow? Euler Hermes can't help you pick the right pajamas, but their new risk monitoring tool, TradeScore, can help you pair creditworthy trading partners. Visit mytradescore.com to look up companies, trade risk profiles today. Euler Hermes, confidence in tomorrow. Jeff, welcome to the podcast, and we appreciate you joining us. Chris, thank you so much for uh, inviting me to be on the podcast. Happy to be talking to my friends and colleagues at TIA. As Chris said, I'm Jeff Tucker, CEO of Tucker Company Worldwide. We're the nation's oldest privately held freight brokerage. We specialize in a lot of different things, but one of those areas is life science and healthcare freight. We're at an interesting moment, clearly. As we know, here in the U.S., uh, we've got a a little bit of a political polarization, uh, but you know, simultaneously um, here in the U.S. and the rest of the world, we're singularly focused on, on, on one goal for humanity, and, and that's coming up with a COVID-19 vaccine so that all of us can um, rest assured that our elderly and, 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 and folks at risk um, uh, are protected and, and the rest of us can get fully back to work and, and get back to bars and restaurants and other small businesses that have just been totally crushed by, um, by this disease. News of Pfizer uh, and, and Moderna and AstraZeneca's vaccines are, are everywhere, and rightly so. As someone who specializes in life science and healthcare, I'm, I'm keenly aware of the specialized and technical art form it is to move pharmaceuticals and it's it's not like moving food, not like moving just about anything. Uh, all of all the things that we could possibly uh, need to ship to every square inch of the planet, uh, you know, why did it have to be vaccines? So let me start at the top uh, very quickly. Moving pharmaceuticals and vaccines in particular are really different, as I mentioned. Um, they're different than moving temperature-controlled foods. And we're going to start with GDP. And, and what I mean by GDP is good distribution practices. It's a mandatory extension of good manufacturing practices, and it's, it's a standard by which pharmaceutical manufacturers um, set out to handle their product. Or if you're going to handle product for them or touch it anywhere in the supply chain, you better have good distribution practices, good manufacturing practices. You can't really play in this game without being um, GDP compliant. Our company were audited by security risk management, transportation teams by these clients, in some cases, one, two, or three different teams will come in and audit us on different days, sometimes not talk to one another, sometimes compare notes, but it's intense. Uh, as an ISO certified company, we're no stranger to audits and, and written procedures, but um, it is a little surprising sometimes uh, that uh, you know multiple teams will come in from one client to audit your procedures. But look, um, you know these are products that get injected into human beings and, um, and uh, they're really among the more difficult products to, to, to ship, um, even within the pharmaceutical world. If these products um, uh, 
have temperature excursions for long enough or hot enough, they're useless overnight, maybe in some cases dangerous. So Pfizer's vaccine, we'll start with, it's, it's as many of us know, uh, comes at an extremely low temperature, negative 70 degrees and colder must be maintained. That requires a lot of dry ice, special packaging. And just from a, a reference standpoint, ice cream is, is maybe moves the highest quantity out there uh, at a really cold minus 20 Celsius. Again, this is minus 70 to minus 90, so compounded cold. An aircraft can only handle a certain amount of dry ice. Uh, dry ice can, can get to that temperature and keep maintain that temperature. But aircraft, um, because dry ice breaks down into carbon dioxide, becomes dangerous in a plane. Air, uh, airport tarmacs, um, where, where airplanes are unloaded, are also dangerous um, to product because, you know, depending on the, the climate, uh, South America in the summer, uh, that product, if left out there long enough, can begin to fry. So there's a lot of challenges. Fortunately, there are other vaccines besides Pfizer's that, that are requiring only the typical two to eight um, Celsius or mid 30s to mid 40s uh, Fahrenheit refrigerated transport that most of the refrigerated trucking industry worldwide um, can handle. You know, one of the other Real key uh, key uh, elements here that to, to think about is you know most of us aren't traveling any longer right, and so many airlines have a lot of their capacity parked, and what we uh, learned in, in, in a lot of our in a lot of our work thus far is that uh, even relatively new aircraft that's been parked and not flying every single day takes one to two months of maintenance to get that aircraft ready to fly again. It's remarkable, right? So with that many uh, planes not flying due to COVID, it's worth noting. So why so much talk about flight? Uh, well, you know, firstly, uh, order of scale, uh, IATA is estimating that somewhere around 8,747 is going to be required to lift the world supply of vaccines. Secondly, uh, while air isn't the only method, it's going to certainly play a major role due to the lifespan of these vaccines, right? If they run out of, uh, if they if the temperature excursion happens uh, within certain limits, uh, they've got two weeks of life left, maybe ten days of life left. Depends on every situation is different, but we know already FedEx and UPS are going to play uh, major roles, but they're not going to do all of the air freight. There's cargo only, and then passenger airlines with it that move cargo in their bellies. All of these air freight methods are going to be utilized, and they're going to be challenged. Uh, for some of these area, uh, reasons that we discussed earlier. Put another way, the world consumes 3 billion vaccine doses annually between all different diseases. COVID-19 vaccine demand is, uh, production is going to be nearly 10 billion, or a 333% increase. And, and really, think about it, that, that 3 billion uh, vaccine doses over the course of a year, this is a, a shorter window, right? The world wants its vaccines tomorrow, as long as they're safe. So it's going to be a different feel, a different strain than just that 333 uh, annual uh, percent increase. So what's the likelihood um, or likely impact, let's say, to our TIA members? Well, that's trucking in the U.S. and, and, and Canada. And we're already seeing, look, a, 
seasonally adjusted, historically high demand for trucking in both drive-in and temperature control. Since, since the depths of the COVID crisis where we saw shipments drop 23, 24% and rates deteriorated and, and, and the pain was felt everywhere. Since then, uh, we've seen a steady, gradual build in demand for trucking, steady, gradual build in pricing for trucking. Simultaneously, since July of 2020, I've tracked the net loss of approximately 140,000 truck drivers from uh, the for hire fleet that was around 3 million. So that's over a 4% drop in drivers nationwide and for hire fleets. It's enormous. Um, so would sort of describe why we're feeling what we're feeling. Now, um, I think that one of the unique things that's happened over the last uh, decade of growth is that truck drivers have gotten into the business without having any customers. They could thrive exclusively on a spot market. And when that spot market disappeared earlier this year, I think it hurt a lot of those drivers who were sort of day trading, as I, as I like to call it, um, uh, uh, on that spot market. So I predict that uh, temperature controlled equipment is gonna be siphoned away from the food and drugs that it's currently handling to handle vaccines. I feel as if it's likely that we're all gonna feel that pinch and we're gonna probably see temp control at least, uh, demand spike a little bit and uh, prices as well. And that'll probably last for probably a few months in second, uh, maybe end of first into the second and third quarters. Um, a lot of this is gonna be dependent on how much vaccine is produced and what the temperature ranges needed to hold are. And, and then, of course, the right packaging uh, solutions, Envirotainer, SkyCell, these kinds of companies will enable some of this product to move by drive-in. I wouldn't expect manufacturers to allow real big departures from their strict policies and like adding new carriers or brokers or forwarders. So if you're already approved, I think chances uh, are you'll participate. If you're not, uh, chances are low that you'll participate directly. But But regardless of whether you're hauling the vaccine, each one of us in the supply chain has a really important role because with that temperature control demand likely to spike, that means sustaining supply chains for existing non-life science customers, food, and is gonna be that much more challenging and that much more important to those customers. Brokers, obviously, as we know, play a significant role in minimizing the potential impacts to customers far and wide. It's gonna be a, a great ride and I'm hopeful that we can all do our parts to socially distance, wear masks and slow the spread while these three and possibly probably a few more highly effective vaccines come online soon. Once approved, production figures for these manufacturers get pretty exciting uh, month to month. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully uh, we'll be back to some level of normal uh, Pre-COVID world, millions of out-of-work Americans and out-of-work citizens around the globe can get back to work safely and confidently very soon. Chris, thanks again for the opportunity to speak on this podcast. Look forward to uh, seeing you all real soon in real life. Thank you so much for the astute overview and of uh, the upcoming uh, vaccine distribution. And I look forward to seeing you as well, Jeff. Thank you. That concludes our monthly podcast. 
thanks again to our sponsor, Eula Hermes. As always, to the members, thank you so much for your membership and leadership during these tumultuous times. If you ever need anything, please don't hesitate to contact us. Stay safe out there. This is your association, and we need your voice.